What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Asian MMA Podcast. We talk about anything and everything going on in the world of Asian MMA. This episode is brought to you by amateurs who don't get paid anything to fight, because why not? And my special guest for today is Ply. He is the president of TMAF, the Thailand Mixed Martial Arts Federation, and recently hosted the IMAF Asian Open here. So, Ply, thank you for uh, coming on the show. It's great to be here, Dana. So, d- tell me about the uh, the Asian Open because it's quite an interesting story, right? It was supposed <laughs> yes. to be in China, and about a month and a half ago, China was like, "We can't do it," and you sort of stepped up to the plate. Yes. Uh, well, you know, we uh, we were one of the very few Asian countries, you know, within the IMF and WAMA family that were able to, you know, get things together quickly. And try to host it, you know, to to save the day, so to say. Yeah. You know, so it was very challenging, and you know, it, I mean, it's not like it's a one day event. No. It's a four day <laughs> tournament. Four days tournament, and you know, usually, you know, when because my my company we have like done like sports event. Yeah, you, you promote ignite. Ignite, you know, and even like uh, other like non fighting sports that yeah. our company have done in the past. You know, we have done like you know. Events where, you know, we have delegates mm. from many countries coming, you know, to do competition in Bangkok. And it takes months of preparation, yeah. usually, you know, like six months or more. Not six weeks. Not, not six <laughs> weeks. Not, you know, not even like eight weeks, yeah. you know. But because of the limitation that we had and the challenge that we faced, you know, we had to find creative ways, <laughs> you know, That's to one make way to things put it. happen. That's one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's talk about like the... Um, administrative mm. side of all that too yes. because mma is still not technically a recognized mm. sport in thailand correct no it's still technically not a recognized sport under the sports authority yeah. of thailand and in fact i just like uh, met with the, the new governor of yeah. the sports authority of thailand yesterday you know just to reintroduce you know you know the organization about what tmaf is what imaf is and what mma is mm. you know and you know because usually with the sport in Thailand, for it to be registered with the sports authority, usually, you know, the the global organization yeah. should, in a sense, be, you know, accepted in the GASEF and you know, go through that whole Olympic process. When Which IMF is. Which IMF is in the process yeah. of doing that. You know, they have, uh, the IMF hasn't been recognized by GASEF yet because they... But, brand, but, but brand. a lot of that had to do with that there's a time frame that IMAF has to exist and have yes. transparent financing, like years. Yes. It's not an easy thing to it do. And, and kudos to them for going this far yeah. in like six years. <laughs> it, it's, you know, I, I've, I, I've talked to Kareth before, and actually last time Kareth was here before the championship, you, and, you yeah. I, and him saw yes. each other. And, you know, he's been to Thailand a bunch of times, Malaysia. I've run into Kareth in China, Singapore, Malaysia, and Thailand <laughs> randomly. Just yeah. he's been there promoting the sport. You know, yes. in the work you guys have done here, like from what MMA was just like three, four years ago in Thailand yeah. to what it is today, you guys have broken a lot of ground. Yes, for sure. We, you know, we made a lot of progress, mm. you know. Before that, you know, you, if you go into like, sports authority or <laughs> they'll probably kick you out yeah, the, or you know not refuse mi- to talk what? to you <laughs> no no we love muay thai here go yeah, away but nowadays you know the the, the governor that uh, we we saw yesterday we had like a lot you know quite a bit of discussion he mm. gave us pretty good advice on you know how to do things you know mm. how to ensure that we can eventually be accepted and registered 
as a sport under the sports authority, but those efforts, it's not just like the our federation that can mm. do by ourselves, but also with IMF and WAMA mm. have to do, you know, the the p- politics and the bureaucracy in the process yeah. as well. How long do you think it will be before MMA is a, an actual recognized sport in Thailand? Uh, I, ho- I hope within, you know, if look at how IMF is going through the process with the Olympic mm. at the moment, maybe within four or five years. So you think it becomes an Olympic sport, Thailand will, will recognize I it? I think if IMF and WAMA gains, MMA gains observation status yeah. within you know, the Olympic committee, it makes the jobs a lot easier, or at least if in some ways MMA can be introduced into you know, like more regional competition, like mm. Asian martial arts games, yep. you know, or maybe one of the Asian games, games or yeah. sea games as you know, demonstration sport. It will help tremendously. I know Kareth has uh, his own personal goal of trying to get uh, MMA as an <clears throat> observation sport for the next LA Olympics. Yes, because he the, uh, the main goal. He won his Olympic medal at the uh, LA Games back yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, so that I know that would be sweet for him. Well, and you know, Los Angeles, you could potentially say is kind of like the home mm. of or one of the homes of MMA. Yeah. As well, MMA is very strong in the United California, States yeah. and California. And, you know, for an Olympic sport, you know, one of the consideration point is obviously if it can gain a lot of viewership, mm. especially with the new generation. And sport like mixed martial arts is very good for that. And especially you look at all the work that the California State Athletic Commission has done for mixed martial arts and regulations. Yes. And, you know, I, I get on, I talk a lot on the show about, you know, the lack of commissions in Asia yes. and you get things like weird stoppages or, yeah. or crazy decisions mm. and, you know, and th- there's no transparency on it. Mm. And, you know, in the U S as much as I hate the commissions, sometimes they, they do, <laughs> they do play a role. Right. I mean, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of necessary evil. <laughs> I, it, is, it is a necessary evil. And, and it's unfortunate that, you know, like even in Japan, they don't have a, a, commission for no, MMA in, in Asia in no. general it's pretty much you know we create our organizations mm. our rule sets and independently try to self-govern yeah. to the best of our abilities you know and I mean it, it has its pluses and its minuses right for like, sure <laughs> um obviously because they dominate the sport we talk about one a lot on yeah. the show and uh, you know one one did some great things when they they changed weight cutting procedures mm-hmm. right now they everyone shifted up a weight class they don't cut weight yeah. or, or shouldn't right but then at the same time you get like all of a sudden suplexes are illegal and someone <laughs> gets dq'd after the fact right it happened here in thailand yeah or like in japan before that soccer kick yeah was it was legal <laughs> yeah i love the soccer kick man i love i, I mean I, people people are split on this but i love soccer kicks and i love knees to the head on the ground man you grew up in yeah. the era of pride, pride yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but you and but you know what also like the japanese rule set doesn't favor ties because no elbows no Exactly. Right, <laughs> pride never allowed elbows because of the cuts, but well, the cut can stop the fight yeah. very prematurely, and you know, and people just go in, go yeah. to try to go get a cut, and yeah. the TKO win. Yeah. <laughs> now, IMF rule set have elbows or no? No elbows. No elbows. And no knees to the head. No knees to the head. Yeah. Now, with um, your promotion, Ignite. Yes. Right, it's a tournament format, but not one night. Right, you guys do tournament over multiple yes, shows. Tournament, or as a form of like a quasi league format. Mm. You know, with our last show last year, it was, we split 
athletes into four teams, mm. and you know they compete in a kind of like a mini league. Yeah, mm. yeah, I liked I liked your content a lot, and I like the production quality of it Thank because you, you know there, there's two types of shows. There's like the gritty club show yeah. in Asia, right, where you're going to a nightclub and it's dark, <laughs> and you know they don't they don't film well. No. Yours is the exact opposite of that. Utilize studio. It's in a studio. It's well lit. And, you know, it looks like a UFC event from a production standpoint. Yeah. Like, if I looked at Ignite versus UFC, just in the production quality, side by side. Yeah. Well, that's a day. great compliment, man. Thanks. But <laughs> I, I love the, the am- that you did all amateur, no pro. Yeah, because we figured, you know, for the sport to be accepted and for amateur <clears throat> to grow you know we need to lift up the image you know one one of the things that i i don't really like much mm. about you know the current perception of thailand and mma is they they think it's kind of like uh cage boxing underground yeah. cage boxing you know in thai they we call it usually call it muay krong yeah. muay, which is like boxing krong which is cage but, you know, we, we try to change jargon into, like, you know, mixed martial art, you know, yeah. that's, like, really long. Yeah. So we try to say something like, you know, like, you know, mixed yeah, mix <laughs> style, yeah. boxing or martial art to change the perception, you know. And it doesn't help if there is, like, no show in the country that can lift up mm. that image. So we figured in order for the sport to grow and be accepted, we needed to find some way to introduce it into yeah. like a new light and make an investment in the production, mm. make amateur look professional. You know, and like for me, I love like a gritty like club <laughs> show for sure, right? I mean, it's... It has it, its charm. It has sure. its charm, right? But at the same time, I, I think what you did, especially mm. making it amateur was smart because there's really not enough. And I should say your show, Ignite, was great fights, great content, but it was made for a Thai audience. Yes. Which means you need Thai fighters. Yes. And there's not enough professional Thai fighters to do even one show <laughs> with all Thai fighters. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, and this is a, a true thing, that for the, the sport to grow from the ground up, it needs to be cult- in, in the right context for the culture, right? Which means yes. the fighters need to speak the language of the people that are going to watch it. Yeah. And I think for the first time, your your show is something that did that right. Before that, the only thing I can think of, um, I'm sure you know the guy, uh, Kuprom. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Very famous. That, that era. <laughs> yeah. Born the cage. Yeah. NFC. Doing it in a um, uh, parking garage yeah. out in Patumtani. <laughs> and uh, with just like random uh, chain link pieces wired <laughs> together and they would move. Yeah. But, you know, like... No one's gonna see that and think that this is a legit sport. Yeah, <laughs> like like guys with no gloves refing fights, <laughs> and uh, you know clearly fight fighters that shouldn't be fighting against each other. Yeah. So I mean, when you did it, and like also your matchmaking was really good for an amateur event. Yeah, so we, we tried our best, you yeah. know, to make it as close as possible. You know, we tried to do like you know medicals yeah. in the same way as professionals do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Th- and I'll be honest, I've worked at a lot of events in Thailand, and I think the only, I know you did full medicals, and the only other one I know is uh, John at yeah. Full Metal Dojo does full medicals. Everyone else is just like, oh, you clean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have anything, right? Yeah. You promise? Yeah. Okay. No problem. You can fight. Yeah. And, you know, refs will, like, even you go to Muay Thai fights, refs don't wear gloves. No. Like, no. And then they're reaching in people's mouths, pulling out mouthpieces, and... <laughs> yeah. Like, I saw I saw a ref 
inspect a, at a at a Muay Thai fight at one of the stadiums. Yeah. Inspect a fighter's cup by sticking his finger in the the cup <laughs> from the elbow oh, and seeing how deep it was. <laughs> and like neither the no glove, yep. just barehanded. Neither the fighter nor the ref were squeamish about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like I was standing cage. I was like oh, or ringside. I was like, oh my god, what just happened? And we had to use like you know a, like a third party referee team, mm. you know, and judge and officials team, you yeah. know, to keep you know everything as close to professional as it should be as possible because yeah. we wanted to set you know like a new standard yeah. for like amateur show in the country, so hopefully people can follow and hopefully people who do not yet understand the sport can see it and think, oh, MMA is actually not that bad. It's not that always dark, underground, unsafe. You mm. know, you could prove that by adopting you know. A more global standard. We adopt a lot of what IMF, what we believe are doing right. Mm -hmm. You know what the good things that UFC have done, the good things that one championship has done, and try to you know bring the good things of what they're doing in terms of like example and try to make it work within amateur context. Now in in your promotion, I don't remember it. You had the full IMF rule set, so no elbows, no knees no to the elbows, head. No elbows, no knees to the head. Now it now we talked about context and culture though. Yeah. In Thai context, <laughs> that's a tough rule. It is. <laughs> right, a lot of these guys have probably fought 20 Muay Thai fights. Some of them have, yeah. I, and I, we, we've both been to Muay Thai shows where we've seen like three-year-olds elbowing <laughs> each other in the face, right? Yeah. So, I mean, how do, how do you get people in Thailand or in, in cultures where combat sports are like this are more common? So, like Litwe in yeah. Myanmar or um, Khmer Moy in Cambodia where this type of culture is more prevalent. How do you get them to buy into a sport where they're not smashing each other in the face with elbows? Well, you know, on one of the good thing about at least MMA in Thailand is that a lot of people who are interested in or participate in MMA to an extent are usually from like urban background, yeah. you know, pretty well educated. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of them have been being through that life of a Muay Thai warrior. Yeah, like from, a three-year-old living yeah, at the gym. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of them, like, they have, like, parents, yeah, they go to school. <laughs> they're educated, they speak. Yeah, so they, they're not, you know, they can be apprehensive about mm. going to, you know, a format where it's not elbowing each other in the, in the face. face yeah. and they, so when they saw our rule set, they thought, oh, this is like, I could do that. Yeah. You know, we, they could, you know, or even participate like, there's a, and a, not get hurt too much. Yeah. You know, there's a great fighter uh, here in Thailand, amateur fighter, a boss. Ah, yes. He's, a, he's an engineer. Yeah. Or like, a, yeah, I believe he's an engineer. And, you know, but he's a, he's a fantastic fighter. Like, yeah, I don't know if he would have been so eager to be a fighter if he was like, oh, I'm going to get elbowed in the face yeah. for no money. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because, you know, like, when you're on, like, on the ground, getting ground and pounded, it's not as, you know, damaging as taking a knee to the head or no, elbow for to sure. the face yeah. while standing up. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, the, an elbow on the ground is pretty damn damn. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tito Ortiz used to rip those up all the yeah. time. Mm -hmm. But like in amateur rules, you know, yeah, no, no elbows, elbows yeah. at all and no knees to the face. So yep. It keeps it very safe, you know, like with like the IMF Asian Open, you yeah. know. They're able to run like multiple day events, you know, not just like the Asian Open, but like World Championship where you have like 32 fighters yeah. in a bracket. You have to fight like five days, you know, with the current, the, the last Asian Open in Bangkok, like only eight people in the division. So mm. three fights until you win. You know, it's, if you have like a format of sport where you bleed yeah. very easily or you get concussion very easily, you can't have that 
multiple days yeah. tournament experience and mm. make it safe for athletes. But I think IMF and WAMA have done really well in you know pioneering. And you're always going to have obviously some head trauma, and there's always the yes. chance to bleed. There's always that always. I mean, it's a contact sport. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> At the same time, though, I mean that that last fight of the the uh, the fourth day when me and you were talking, yeah. the two super heavyweights. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like we're, I, I'll tell the audience this story. We were, we're me and Ply are sitting there talking to each other right by the cage, and the super heavyweights <laughs> are fighting, and like a second left, not even. Yeah. And th- this huge dude, I think he was from Bahrain, probably yeah. lands lands a shot, just like a, a an overhand right that crumples his opponent <laughs> and you just all you heard him hit the ground and everyone went quiet me <laughs> me and ply were standing next to each other and kind of talking and we we're both watching it and we both just like oh and like right <laughs> just like right after the bell yeah. rang as well it was qu- like before after i don't yeah, know it was like, like very like i couldn't tell like i couldn't eyeball but it was it was close and then the ref called it off yeah but man what a that that's yeah. a shot Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, you do have to be careful about that head trauma with these multiple-day formats. There is always. You're always going to have some, but I, I think when you're taking steps to minimize it, knees to the head are obviously yeah. very blunt force trauma. Elbows. And, of course, these guys, the <clears throat> whole point of having an amateur sport is ideally so these guys can go on to very long, successful professional careers. Nice. And you can't do that if you're always stuck in wars. Yes. <laughs> you know, getting cut open, getting smashed in the head with knees. Yeah, and like I noticed, because, you know, uh, fighters who favor more of the grappling, grind against the cage and ground and pound, mm. tend to do, you know, better yeah. than, you know, the stand-up striking and just exchange of trauma mm. and impact because mm. of the nature of mixed martial arts fight, you can take the fight to the clinch. You can take the fight to the ground to yeah. avoid, you know, the head trauma. And, you know, we saw Randy Couture and Dan Henderson compete well into yeah. their 40s. Yeah. You know. Um, you don't get that in kickboxing. Muay Thai. Muay Thai. And old Muay Thai fighters, like, what, 27? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> 400 fights under his yeah. belt. <laughs> you know, some of those guys, I saw a guy the other day um, had a record of, like, 280, 170, and 20. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? How is that possible? And he was like 22. Yeah. But yeah, at the same time, like, those guys, you can tell they've all been battle worn. Yes. Right? When you have that many fights. And, you know, I think that the amateur, one, it gives guys a great path to development. When I fought in my 20s back in the early 2000s, you know, there was no amateur MMA in, on the East Coast where I lived. <laughs> My first fight was a professional fight against a guy I had seen fight at least four times prior to that. <laughs> you know, and like you go look at records on Sherdog from back then, a lot of fights are missing. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, it was just, it was kind of the Wild West our time, mm. you know, at least in the U.S. And I wish I had the opportunity to have amateur experience and come into uh, as a professional with a little bit of fight experience. Yeah, in, uh, sure. Like in Thailand, um, you know, just you know, right before like IMAF and TMAF came in, you know, it, it was very hard to find like amateur show for local yeah. fighters. So, yeah. you know, a lot of our fighters and athletes, you know, they turn pro very yeah. quickly. And in my opinion, some of them turn too soon yeah. before they could really gain experience, you know, in the fight game. Mm. Yeah, no, and I, 
and unfortunately, like you look at um, like some of these guys fought pro like right away too, like yeah. Because one, of course, you want to get paid, <laughs> right? And when you're trying to be a professional fighter, and two, when there was no option, you know, for years, five, six years, they had Mima down yeah. in Malaysia. Malaysia Invasion was a huge amateur tournament, you know, and they built up their. They kind of had the reverse problem of Thailand. Yeah. They have a great amateur scene and no pro scene, <laughs> right? And now Thailand had no amateur scene but a huge pro scene. But it was mostly foreign fighters yes. or Thais who were not experienced, really, mm-hmm. kind of taking fights they shouldn't take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ruined their records. Yeah. Like a guy like Dechidin. I love uh, – Dechidin's one of my favorite fighters yeah. to watch, but I don't think he ever had an amateur fight. I don't think so. He just – it was yeah. pretty much just straight he, into – He's been fighting since I came to <laughs> Thailand six years ago, so – you know, and he was like, I don't know, maybe 18 at the time or something. Yeah, actually, there, there were probably there were like some amateur fights he fought in like... Uh, that no one knows more, about? More of the cage, more in the cage, and like one of the early ones. I, I was at one of the, I think I was at the first war in a cage, and I had yeah. already seen Dechidin fight at a, at a pro fight. I see. <laughs> so, but you know, again, one of my favorite fighters to watch, but just imagine if he had had the experience of like a, a TMAF type tournament or at yeah. Ignite. They had like mean more of what we do, like not just like what we do, but replicated by yeah. other like people in other parts of the country. Mm. You know, having you know their own tournaments, creating their own little ecosystem. Has Team F ever looked at something like the the Mima tournament, like yes, doing we, something like that? We studied, you know, what what they do, right? And you know, it's it's a format that is really good to kind of like try to see and dissect and see what would work yeah. for our country or even like you know format like a pfl yeah you know in the states that that looks like fantastic from the sport standpoint mm. you know we we look at all other shows mm. and try to study them whether the one championship ufc pfl risen yeah. you know you gotta start Lima. doing those risen freak shows at the amateur <laughs> level <laughs> well you know sometimes once you know, as a promoter, you yeah. know, no, I'm a I'm a fan of what put, Risen does. You put does, in some of you know those things to draw in the eyeball and I, I would I would I would pay to watch Gabby Garcia fight Bob Sapp. You know, like, <laughs> like look, I I love that that aspect of Japanese MMA. You know, you get Gabby Garcia fighting like a like a 20 kilo grandma. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll pay for that. <laughs> no, uh, it's a spectacle. Yeah, you know, it is what it is, but. You know, I, I mean, I would love to see an, uh, a MIMA-type tournament take place in yes. Thailand just because I think you guys would kill it. Mm. I mean, there's just the, – the talent pool for amateurs is so deep here. Yeah. Especially because a guy – just because a guy's fought pro Muay Thai doesn't mean he's not an amateur MMA fighter. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, something to think about. Well, a lot of, you know, people who, you know, are like Muay Thai champion professional mm. level, if they turn into – Amateur mixed martial art, they would probably still be, you know, yeah. like, kind of like low to mid level because no, of no, the lack, lack of the ground game. If they lack the ground game, you know, they would go in as yeah. a newbie. No, look, I don't want to see Senchai come and fight and ignite as an amateur, right? <laughs> no, but like, no, that wouldn't be right. No, <laughs> you know, but you know, or like Morkow, I don't want to see that. But if you took, if you took a guy who's like a Lumpini champ, right, who's still young and. Yeah. You know, competed at that level and brought him to MMA as an amateur. He's, you know, he's got zero ground. Yeah. But you know, these these Muay Thai guys have a hell of a clinch, and they can they can do that stand up grappling. Yeah. Uh, like when last time I I met with John Dinaher when he came to Bangkok, he said, you know, like Muay Thai guys, you know, mm. <laughs> that clinch game, 
You know, if, even if they go up against like a really good wrestler mm. in like you know upper body clinch, they will you know they will still can ruin the day yeah. for some of these wrestlers because of the strength of our clinch fighting. Yeah, even I was at um I was at Seven Eleven the other day, mm. which uh, for all the listeners not from Thailand, Seven Eleven is like on every corner here. But I was, I was at a 7-Eleven grabbing a snack, and there was a guy who I knew, just by looking at him, I knew he was a Muay Thai fighter, because yeah. he's got these huge like ah. uh, traps, and his shoulders are all rolled forward, <laughs> but he's like super lean and cut. Yeah. And I just like look at him for a minute, I was like, ah. uh, Yeah, and maybe you notice a cauliflower yeah. here, that's, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a clinch fighter. Yeah, he, like, he likes to clinch and throw dudes, yeah. or, or knee dudes straight up the middle. Yeah. No, I, ju- I think that just the opportunity is so huge in Thailand for MMA. Unfortunately, I mean, we have some great schools for grappling now. You know, Q23, yeah. uh, BFL, you know, uh, Elite has opened up recently. Yes. You know, so we've got some decent schools for grappling, but there's no... One of the things I noticed at the, uh, the IMAF event was the Kazakh guys obviously <laughs> have a grappling base. Yes. You know, even though they hit hard, they bang, but these guys have that conditioning from grappling. Yeah, very well round. Yeah. You know, big gas tank, good at grappling, good mm. at striking, footwork, cage control. They're just monsters. Yeah. You know, and I, I think if, if Thai fighters take that kind of natural clinch work they get from Muay Thai mm. and someone figures out how they, how they turn that into a decent ground game, at yeah. least, you know, they don't have to be like, they don't have to be a John Donaher, but no. you know they can be like a guy who can get up. Yeah, just be proficient enough in the ground yeah. game that it does it gives confidence to your stand up game mm. and clinch game. Like a top noy. Yeah. Right. Like he's not gonna he's not going out this. Actually, I saw I, I've seen him submit dude. I saw <laughs> top submit uh, a top yai the other top oh. from there. I saw him submit Mezamu <laughs> from <laughs> Cambodia, and I was like. I, like Mezamu is like a decent submission guy. I've never even seen Top submit a dude, and you know, he just <laughs> chokes him out. But yeah, like sometimes they get one. But like Top Noise, a, a perfect example. His style is like, you know, get on the ground, just get back up and knock a guy yeah. out. Yeah, like Ramba as well. Yeah. Ramba fights very similarly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so there are guys who can apply it. And then uh, uh, who's the um, the girl from Tiger who fought in uh, Invicta? Uh, Invicta. Um, Loma. Loma, yeah. She's a yeah. beast. Yes, she is. <laughs> She's a beast. She just trolls everyone around. Yeah, right? She, and she doesn't look like it. Then yeah. you see her and you're just like... Because like, she's so confident yeah. in her, enough in her ground game you yeah. know, that she can execute a lot of her good stand-up game. Yeah. Her, her stand-up's nasty. Yes. Nasty. <laughs> I remember they put up a, a video of her training before uh, her Invicta debut. Yeah. I was just like, she was hitting pads. And I was just like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. Damn. <laughs> know who I'd love to see fight um, MMA from Thailand is uh, Stamp. Stamp, yes. Right. Well, she, uh, she fought in MMA in, when, in one of our shows. Oh, yeah. Before oh, really? Went, before she went to the One Warrior Series. Okay. And did like one fight. How was her ground? The ground was actually good. Really? You know, I, I saw, I saw uh, one of her like previous sh- fight before she came to, to our, our show. Uh, she fought um, the girl from Tiger Muay Thai. You know, she's a very good wrestler. Yeah. You know, and they they went to war, and you know, <laughs> she had stamp handle really herself really well. Yeah. yeah, stamp. I mean, I remember when uh, when they had the tryouts for OWS. Yeah. And uh, Rich Franklin was up here, and it was over at Bangkok Fight Lab, and I, I was there filming some stuff, and she was warming mm. up with uh, Y2K. 
Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, like, everyone just stops because you hear, like, (laughs) and she's just hitting pads. And, like, there were guys warming up who you just thought they were like, whoa, (laughs) what the? I'm not going to spot with her, am I? Like, like, she's a beast. And, like, there's no there's no wonder why she's a, a two uh two two a double champ there, double champ champs. champ. Right for K one rules and Muay Thai, and Muay Thai rules. rules. Yeah. But now I would love to see her fight MMA because yeah, if she can win three belts, that yeah. would be history. <laughs> and you know, plus like like her clinch game is solid. Yeah. And she got a hell of a personality, man. Yeah. <laughs> when she comes she's dancing in the ring yeah, and like stuff. A full package. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, like she's a to me, like she's the like Thai superstar. Just, I don't think she speaks a lick of English. <laughs> like that—that's the thing, right? And I think that's why like uh, Rika speaks pretty okay English. Yeah. You know, and Rika's arguably cuter, so uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that explains her popularity. Yeah. <laughs> she's not the same weight as Stamp, is she? Mm, I don't think so. No. But Rika's <laughs> gonna be smaller, right? No, Rika usually fights. Below her weight, <laughs> Even yeah. The, it's her division, you know. But she has like, you know, at least before that, she was like struggling, like trying to get that heavy, get yeah. enough mass to fight against yeah. like other bigger girls. So. <laughs> Did she fight in? Um, she had one fight before she turned pro. Was it in? Uh, it was in. In was it that Bangkok underground fighting thing? No, I think I was the ref of that fight. You were the ref of her yeah, fight. Yeah, it was a beer camp fight club. <laughs> beer camp fight club. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, a craft beer event, and you know, we we did like a kind of like a MMA show, you know, with a few fights. <laughs> Me, uh, Nitty, Shannon, you know, Park, and also Tommy Hayden. We were like ref- yeah. officials and referee and. I got her fight. <laughs> the clip of her fight came from like a, like a GoPro, cam. yeah, from helmet cam. Who'd she fight for that first fight? Just like some random a Thai, a Thai girl. Yeah, know, a Thai girl. Probably. I love watching Tommy ref because he's so laid back. <clears throat> like he, yeah. he, he obviously doesn't ref a lot, and uh, like he doesn't do it enough to be like proficient at it. But he's like so confident and so like laid back <clears throat> when he does it. He's yeah. just like, all right, you ready? You ready? He's like, whoa, 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 hey. hey. Yeah. I tell you when you're ready. Don't yeah. come over to me. <laughs> I see he refed uh, the MMA at um, one of Lion's Head's events yes. that I was at. And uh, it's just funny to watch him rep because you get a UFC vet. And he's like, yo, 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 man. I'll tell you when you're ready. You get back in your corner. It's so cool. Now, you use the, uh, use the ring when you do Ignite, right? Uh, we, we use a cage. Okay. But, but when we, one, one of our shows is kind of like a more beginner friendly level called neophyte mm. we use a mat oh no maybe cage. that's what i saw so it's just on a mat no yeah just on a mat you know to make it look you know more family friendly and yeah. we introduce a youth rule set that we were testing out where we limit the headshots with okay. the punches so these are the the younger kids yeah, for the young younger kids and also you know for people who want to adopt you know, a beginner rule set because they're not mm. confident enough to start punching each other's in the face. We also allow, you know, adults mm. to participate oh. in that as well. I know you were talking about um, IMAF is looking at that <clears throat> rule set as well for yes. younger kids. There are, like, uh, this year they will have, like, a cadet world championship in okay. Rome, you know, designed for, like, under 18. In the Coliseum? Uh, I think it's probably... <laughs> that would be that would be great, man, <laughs> to have, like, an IMAP world championship in, in the, the Coliseum. Coliseum. Yeah. But they're introducing rule set where, you know, it, no, no striking to the head, you know, limited on the groundwork and no ground and pound. Yeah. So it's very family friendly. I think they, 
uh, they tested out in, I mean, in Italy. You know, Vito, who runs the Italian Federation, mm. has experimented and, you know, done a lot of, like, youth program and youth championships. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Italy is, like, one of the, the country that is most ready to take on, you know, the youth. Really? Italy? <laughs> yeah, they, they have a very strong, like, amateur, especially extend to the youth. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't have pictured Italy as a leader in MMA at the amateur level. Well, they they do very good system and program even before IMAF wow. came in. So you know, wow. Vito, you know, he he runs a very good youth program in Italy. Yeah, Got to give credit where credit's due. So yeah. they're they're based out of Rome. <clears throat> yep. I, I'm not sure where it, if they're based in Rome, but I would believe so because that would make sense. Yeah. To organize in you know yeah. a city where you know they're most experience staff and people the can infrastructure, help out. Yeah. yeah, the infrastructure is there. How yeah. about in, in Thailand, outside of Bangkok, do you, any hotbeds of <clears throat> amateur talent? No, hotbed of amateur talent? Yeah. No, other than, you know, Bangkok, I would say Chiang Mai and Korat, Konkan area would be yeah. you know, like, kind of like the next booming area. Just like recently, I went to K-Warriors. Okay. You know, organized by, uh, not, not, not Plam, but Prab. Oh, okay. uh, Prab. You know, he, he came, he, some of his athletes have competed in our events, you know, and he organized like a, a model, modeling the rule set mm. based on what we did at Ignite and Wanshin Cup nice. and did it in Korat, mm. you know, not just like for Korat and the Northeastern athletes, but some, mm. you know, some athletes from Bangkok or from Phuket also flew there, even like uh, one team from Hong Kong mm. flew there and did, they flew did. To Korat. Isn't it only like two hours from here by car? Uh, probably about three, more yeah. like. <clears throat> I think Mark Abbott and I uh, drove up there once for one yeah. of uh, uh, Palms uh, Crew Palms uh, yeah. events, yeah. It, which was crazy because all of a sudden we ended up presenting things in the cage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's with, two white with, dudes here. Let them present in the yeah, cage. Yeah, with K Warrior, they, they did it like in in a night market oh. environment, like open air night market. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a. I, I'm I'm happy to see you know people and promoters are. Uh, experimenting with like new locations you know like format but still you know trying to emulate the level of uh, safety mm. or you know the rule set that we did you know it's a good start you know when especially like you know it's so challenging to try to find like enough sponsors to run consistent shows mm. in thailand when for them to do that you know i i can see a big potential in that particular region for the growth mm. of the amateur to grow. Singha was a sponsor for, I think, is it War in the Cage or Cage War yeah, for a while. For a while. Now, you didn't have a bear sponsor for Ignite, did you? Well, we had Leo. Oh, did you have Leo? <laughs> Leo. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought you yeah. didn't have an alcohol sponsor. <clears throat> Leo as a, like, a brand. Yeah. <laughs> well, Singha is like a, they're, they're trying to be a lifestyle brand now, right? Yes. They have like a clothing line. And they have clothing lines. I think know. I was at one of the malls out in Bangna and uh, they had a, there was like a Singha store, and I was like, "What's this?" Yeah, they, they do like a brand collaboration with Wokao. Yeah. Oh, really? In one of their collection, you wow. know, clothing and also some fight gear. Really? As well. Yeah. And some Wokao gloves. Yeah, some Wokao gloves, some Wokao shin pads as well, I think, and some shorts. So you guys wear shin pads in yeah, in we, uh, Ignite? We wear shin pads, we wear rash guard and fight shorts and mm. seven ounce gloves seven ounce. to try to like very much model it after mm. what IMAF does. I, I like the seven ounce gloves. I like the, I, I understand the rash guards as an amateur, <laughs> same way that uh, boxers wear the tank top. Yep. I don't like the shin pads though. No, you I, don't? 
Because it's a grappling sport, right? Like, so it, it's something they get in the way as you're trying to pass guard or yeah, get out of half guard. Potentially, but if yeah. you use, you know, like a, not one of those like strap shin pad, but mm. more kind of like you know, one of those like a neoprene okay. sleeve. Yeah. You know, it's you know, it's almost you know, just like your leg. Okay. Just like a little bit more padded. Okay. So you can kick and not hurt or break your shin. It's, they still, skin no matter how big much. your shin pad is, it's still going to hurt. It's going to hurt, yeah. but, you know, it's going to reduce the chance of it, you know, cracking yeah. and bleeding, you know. Yeah, true. Like, one thing we do, you do see in Muay Thai a lot is uh, cuts <clears throat> on the shin. Yeah. Right. No, no one wants that. I think it deters a lot of, like, amateurs or would-be mm. amateurs. And no one wants to get Anderson silvered. No. You, know, right. like you, don't, when, you don't want that floppy foot. Like, in, in all my, like, competition in amateur i never tried to do a leg kick because <laughs> the reason why I, I was just like so afraid someone blocked yeah, they, the they hurt they hurt <laughs> shin on shin does not feel good yeah Actually, even like someone just kicks you in the thigh with the like that hurts yeah take them down quick get it over with yes for sure no I, but yeah i mean i understand why they have the shin pads i said i just to me it's like uh it's like the one thing i'm like yeah could get rid of it I like the bigger gloves, though. I think, you know, it, it, one, not just for the padding, but also gives the, the fighter a little bit better defense. Yes. You know, when they're blocking. I like that about it. And also, like, you know, with, especially with, like with the IMAP Green Hill gloves, you know, they, they pad up the thumb. So yeah. when they do, like, an overhand, yep. you know, it doesn't, less risk of breaking it. And also, you know, it, it forces your hand to curve down. Yeah. So you can't do that kind of, like, John Jones thing when yeah. you stick I, I don't think accidentally. You, it doesn't look, I've never tried the IMAF gloves on, but I've seen them, and it doesn't look like you could even straighten your no, hand. You can't. So it's completely it will, stitched. It will force it to curl slightly, so it reduces that chance of people doing it, and they also, yeah. like, prohibit yeah. you from doing that. Yeah. You know, even with those gloves. Yeah, I mean, also the, I mean, less chance of injury in finger injury. Yes. Right, because I mean, I've seen a, a lot of times, not e not just in MMA, but grappling terms, where guys get their fingers dislocated or yes. ripped out, and that's not pretty. Yeah, they they did a lot of like research on it mm. when they designed it, and so far, that's they are the only gloves that I have tried, and I feel you know are most conducive for amateur MMA. Yeah. No, I like the I do like the rash guards, especially because you guys do the red and blue. Yeah. And Olympic you, you, style. Yeah, and you go to a you go to a four day tournament. You obviously don't know everyone at the tournament, <laughs> but you start watching fights, and it's very easy to be like, okay, red and blue, and yeah. follow the action because yeah. they're all red and all blue. And you have like a writing on on the back from which yeah. country you're from, you know. And you know, with rash guard, it helps. You know, in terms of like, say, if there's like bleeding mm. going on, you know, it helps cover yeah. the blood. And also when you grind against a cage, you know, sometimes in some country, you may not always get the best cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that Ho helps. Hopefully there's vinyl on the cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you guys, you guys had a nice setup. And even like, I remember with Mima, they always had like a quality cage. Yeah. But I also think, you know, again, very TV friendly with, yes. the, with the rash guard and like the way it looks. Yes, it it gives, you know, a more fashionable look for athletes when they mm. compete. You know, you don't have to, you know, have to wear like, you know, a spandex short, yeah. almost naked, yeah. go into a cage. You know, uh, sometimes a lot of Thai people can't understand or can't get that. <laughs> you know, it yeah. looks a little bit too primitive yeah. for some people's taste. You know? <laughs> it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Are you going to be doing any more uh, Ignites? Yes, we are planning to do Ignite this when's, year When's well. the next one? Uh, we are looking to uh, start it again around probably the third quarter or the fourth mm. quarter of nice. this year. 
Okay, so are you going to do a whole, like, uh, season again? Like a yes, whole, kind okay. of like a Lead. season format. Now we are discussing with channel about formats and how we can improve okay. on the last year show. Okay, so you're looking at how you can kind of iterate, make it better. Yeah, make it better. We want to strive to improve it. You know, we want to be able to include possibly more athletes in there as mm. well. One of the things I liked about Ignite was you, you did a really good job with, like, sort of sponsors and product placement. Uh, like <laughs> We tried. Like what, what, you guys had one of the uh, the bracelet, the uh, fitness bracelets, and uh, you had yes. someone on stage. And yes. It, it, it was very Thai, yeah. right? But it was perfectly done. Well, we had, like, a Sean Buranahiran, yeah. you know, it was, like, a influencer yeah. and celebrity, and also Tong Buddha Bless, who was, like, uh, and hip hop artists, and mm. also one of the member of TMAF, you nice. know, one of the benefactor of the martial arts community. They went head to head in a form of like MMA fitness style battle, yeah, yeah. wearing you know wearable devices, yeah. see who burns more. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a good idea. I mean, well, yeah. you know, you you can't always have people just punching each other. You know, sometimes yeah. you need to present the sport in a more kind of like a fitness and lifestyle mm. context. You know, because not. Not all the people enjoy just seeing people <laughs> hammering each other in the face in the They're cage. They're watching the wrong sport, thank <laughs> They're watching the wrong sport. <laughs> so, what, so you think Q4 you're going to launch? How long do you think that, that league is going to be? Probably three months. Three months? You know, it's like a TV format okay. you know, to 12 to 13 episodes. We're nice. in the process of finalizing it at the moment. I'll be looking forward to that. Thanks. It'll be exciting. <laughs> all right, Ply, I want to thank you for taking the time. Come out here and talk to me. Yeah. Uh, how can people find out more about TMAF or follow the IMAF championship kind of schedule? Uh, okay. Well, we, we have like a, uh, I have like a website called ignitefightclub.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is kind of like our uh, martial arts, active lifestyle, and also, you know, combat sports yep. website. Also run a page as well, Facebook page, Ignite Fight Club yep. as well. And also we have TMAF or Thai Mixed Martial Arts Federation page okay. that you can follow as right. well. And how about the, the IMAF championship schedule so they can follow the Asian uh, athletes? The uh, IMAF.org. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Apply. Thank you again, guys. Yeah. Check all that out. I'll have the links in the show notes so you can find all of that. Uh, and also, Ignite will be on will be on Facebook again. Yes. So you'll be able to actually, when Ply does launch the next season of Ignite, you'll be able to follow that on Facebook and yes. watch those fights. And he had some great fights. <laughs> actually, one of the guys who I liked from Ignite was uh, Earth who now ah, is a pro wrestler. Pro wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much, Ply. Thank you. And, thank uh, you very much, Dave. Check it out. It's great to be here.